Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the Executive Director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Karen. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm recovering from my booster shot, my COVID booster shot. I know. How funny is it that we both ended up getting our booster on the same day? Coincidentally. Coincidentally. And the same booster, but we had such different responses. I was down for the count for 48 hours and you went about life like normal about it. (laughs) (laughs) Except for a sore arm. But yeah, that's what I can't believe. Like I... Have my I had my two vaccine shots, now my booster, and not to mention actually having COVID. And still I'm just going about life. And I and then you completely had the full on effects of the booster shot. I did. I will say I didn't, it wasn't quite as bad as when I got my second COVID shot in the spring. I didn't have a fever or chills or body aches, but I did have extreme exhaustion and headaches. So I feel like I'm on the tail end of it and hoping for a protected and safe holiday season. And now you said that you had all Moderna shots, right? I did all Moderna. And, um, you know, was thinking that it's supposed to be the strongest. I have a, a one and a half year old, as you know, that can't be vaccinated and reading the reports coming out of South Africa that those that are being most affected by this most recent variant, the Omicron variant, are children under the age of two are being hospitalized at a high rate. So my husband and I thought, well, we have to do whatever we can to protect Charles. We have the other kids have each had their first dose, but we do have that one at home that can't be vaccinated. So we've got to do what we can. Yeah, that's definitely frightening. It is. I mean, we don't go anywhere or see anyone, so we should be fine, but you know, we have to do what we can. <laughs> Don't leave the house. <laughs> Just in our little bubble, but still, uh, you know, it could be that the other kids bring it home from, you know, school or the sports that they are playing right now. And we want to keep them in their sports as much as possible because it's so good for them. Yeah. Have you had reports in Pennsylvania of Omicron? I know that it is in Pennsylvania, but I don't know anyone personally that has it. We have had a wave of people in our social circles, in the kids' schools that have gotten COVID for the first time in the last three or four weeks. And it seems like the Delta wave hit the Philadelphia area in that time period. So I'm hoping that we'll have a little bit of time before this next variant makes its way, but we'll see. Yeah. I saw this morning that um, Governor Lamont in Connecticut definitely said that there have been some confirmed cases in Connecticut. I don't remember how many I read, maybe two, Um, but apparently it's here as well. And I'm hearing the same thing. I'm not even sure is is the Delta variant that, you know, people are getting sick with, but definitely people are getting COVID. Our friend's son, uh, who's 17 years old, he just recently got it. And um, another friend of mine said that she gathered at a friend's uh, holiday party around Thanksgiving and uh, there were some people that also after that gathering came down with it. So definitely back out there again. 
And the people that you know that have it, are they getting really sick? Are the symptoms manageable? What is it like in your area? Yeah. So what I'm hearing, obviously, these are breakthrough cases for people who are vaccinated and um, well, the friends that I'm referring to, and they are not horribly sick, more so like a head cold. Right. Well, that's good. So yeah. So the vaccine is definitely working, but people are still feeling like, okay, well we have it. So we need to just stay away from people and stay home. Yes, definitely. Well, as we're headed into this season of wanting to get together with friends and family and celebrate, I'm seeing all different information coming from the CDC about what we should be doing and how we should be gathering or traveling. And my daughter's school actually just issued revised policy for travel for vaccinated and unvaccinated kids. So it'll be interesting to see what this holiday season looks like. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what are they saying when the when your family travels, what do you need to do? If you're vaccinated, you're required to test three to five days after you return. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you have a negative test, it can be a rapid test. Actually, previously, it was just a PCR. It was only a PCR test. Now Mm -hmm. they're saying you can take a rapid test if you're vaccinated. If you're unvaccinated, you have to take a PCR test um, Mm -hmm. three to five days after returning from travel. And if you're not going to take the PCR test, quarantining for 10 days. And that's if you travel out of state. Ah. So, but it sounds like vaccinations are up in her school, which is great news. And hopefully we'll be able to continue to get life back to normal sooner than, than later. We'll see. That's great. Yeah. But COVID is here to stay like the flu, right? So we have to learn how to live with it. Yes, that's so true. And that's part of why we've been really as much as, you know, having our kids playing indoor sports when they're not fully vaccinated isn't, isn't the safest choice we could probably be making. We have to learn to, to sort of take the measures we can to protect ourselves and hope that everyone else is doing the same and let them live their lives to the extent that they can. You know, they're so young, it's important for them to socialize and be physically active. And so we're so grateful to have the opportunities to do so. I know. So I so appreciate, and I think I've said this before, my kids are so appreciative of actually being able to go to school and play sports and just see their friends again and be back in a normal routine. Yeah. It's who would have ever thought our, we would, we as parents or they as children would be grateful for something that was such a given to all of us for so, for all of our lives right up until now. It's incredible. Yeah, I know. My kids got their first dose of the vaccine last week. Um, So all three of the older kids have their first dose and they'll be fully vaxxed by Christmas time, which is great. And they had no side effects from the first dose. So we'll see what happens with the second. But what I'm hearing from my friends whose kids got the second dose is they've been managing it fine. So it hasn't really been an issue. Ah, that's great. I know. I'm excited. Excited for that. That'll be great. And then hopefully, you know, the younger kids can get vaccinated at some point too. That's right. And have your parents gotten their boosters yet? How are they responding? Oh, my parents got their booster a while ago. I'm, I think I'm late (laughs) or not really late. Just my second, I'm, you know, I'm past the six months of having my second dose, which was um, in April. So 
Um, but my parents, you know, were one of the first people to be vaccinated initially. So they also were able to get their boosters pretty early on. It's great. It's so important for all of us to get vaccinated and hopefully we can try to get to a place where everyone's comfortable doing so. But in the meantime, we're over here finishing up our holiday prep and getting ourselves organized. I'm so excited that we're going to have Nikki Fleming from the CPSC on with us today, Karen. Normally we deal with her on uh, pool safety and the pool safely campaign. So it'll be exciting to talk with her about some of the other things that she's dealing with on a daily basis with through the CPSC. Yeah. So, you know, I, before I met you, I really had never heard of the CPSC or thought about what it, who managed safety as it related to consumer products in the U S do you want to tell us a little bit about that? we have some really great background on the Consumer Product Safety Commission and the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is charged with protecting the public from unreasonable risks of injury or death associated with the use of thousands of types of consumer products. Deaths, injuries, and property damage from consumer product incidents cost the nation more than a trillion dollars annually. CPSC's work to ensure the safety of consumer products has contributed to a decline in the rate of deaths and injuries associated with consumer products over the past 40 years. So as a parent, it's really important to have this information about the CPSC because they do recall lots of products each year and they work to make sure that even like the cribs that our children are sleeping in are safe and the toys that they're playing with are safe. You can actually go to their website and sign up for email alerts when they do have products that are recalled. And then they also, you can also follow them on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. And so parents definitely should know about the CPSC and the great work that they do. For the past 30 years, Nikki has served as a senior public affairs specialist in the Office of Communications. Nikki specializes in children's product safety and serves as a team lead for the Pool Safely Drowning Prevention Education Campaign. She is a founding member of the CPSC's Community Outreach Resource Team, engaging with grassroots organizations nationwide. Nikki writes press releases, safety alerts and warnings, writes and produces safety videos, and organizes several annual safety events for the commission including the annual holiday toy safety event and the fireworks safety event. Nikki serves as a lead spokesman of the commission and appears regularly on national and local media to help promote CPSC safety messaging and announce major recall announcements. Nikki and her husband reside in the DC metro area and are the proud parents of three adult children. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thanks for having me. The holidays are here and there are many parents like me and like Karen across the country that are trying to finalize their last minute shopping list for their children, their nieces and nephews. And we wanted to just bring you on today to talk a little bit about toy safety and recalls. Um, We wanted to just hear from you about um, what we should be looking for as we purchase gifts, um, what kind of supply chain issues we might be experiencing as it relates to toys, and just hear generally from you about what the Pool Safely is asking consumers to look out for this holiday season. Yes, it's so important during the holiday season to choose age-appropriate toys for your young child. The best way you can do that is to look at the age labeling on the product packaging. Uh, Choose a toy that meets the skills and ability of that child and know that those 
that information is on that packaging, not just for comprehension reasons, but also for safety reasons. So take heed to those warnings, especially small parts for children younger than the age of three. CPSC's latest data shows about 149,000 hospital emergency room toy-related injuries and about nine toy-related deaths. And the, the majority of these deaths were associated with small parts and choking. And is that every year, Nikki? Unfortunately, uh, toys have become more sophisticated over time, but the cause of toy-related death has remained the same. We know that young children like to put things into their mouths, mouth objects, and, and yes, small parts and choking has been the leading cause of toy-related deaths for many years. Good warning for me. I have a not yet two-year-old at home with older siblings who love the little teeny tiny Legos. We're constantly trying to find ways to, to keep the Legos high up and safe and away from the baby. And so that's a great reminder for us as we head into this holiday season. Yes, it's so interesting you mentioned that with, um, I have different age children too, and, and, and even getting your older children to help you as a parent, you know, keep track of those small parts. We, we saw problems this year with toy balls, toy building sets was also among the uh, hospital emergency room treated injuries as well. So yeah, good to hear that you, uh, you're you on the ball. And again, yeah, keeping those small parts away from the young child and even kind of checking your toy box now before you bring new products into the home for the holiday season. Now's a good time to check to make sure you don't have any uh, products that may have been broken over the year or in disrepair, have a small part that's broken off of them, want to get rid of those, um, and then also check for toy recalls as well. So Nikki, how do we check for toy recalls? Yes, you can go directly to cpsc.gov and sign up for direct email notification. I definitely recommend that. That's at cpsc.gov. Also, you can download our recalls app. That's even easier and simpler as well at cpsc.gov um, to get uh, your notification on the products because you can't, again, look at a product and know whether it's or not it's been recalled. The good news for parents is that toy recalls remain low. We had about 10 toy-related recalls in our most recent uh, fiscal year that we just ended. Um, but still, you can't look at a product and know uh, that a product has been recalled and, and could be a potential danger to your child. That's good advice. Now, what about the supply chain? What is that? Um, how is that impacting the toy industry this year? Yeah, parents may be looking for new ways, you know, to, to get products because maybe store shelves are empty and supply chain issues now have been a problem, particularly hearing from manufacturers. So uh, if you're if you're using, for instance, online shopping uh, could be a popular and convenient way to shop this year. Make sure you start with a seller that you know and trust. That's so important. Know where you're getting that product from. Again, it may take you a few extra minutes to check the firm's advertising page to look for that age labeling information and make sure you're choosing the appropriate toy for the appropriate child. Also, if the price for some reason seems too good to be true, you wanna avoid that product. It could actually be a counterfeit product as well. So definitely where, where you're purchasing your products from, again, start with a seller that you know and trust. Yeah, we were even finding that for my older kids that uh, my kids really liked this one particular type of sneaker and it was super popular and sold out everywhere. And then that my daughter was talking to her friends and they're like, oh, you can go to this website and you can find it. And then sure enough, it was counterfeit after. And, and they realized one of her friends actually purchased the counterfeit shoes. Yeah, we're, we're most concerned, obviously, with, with a safety issue associated with a, a product that could be counterfeit. We will uh, turn that information over to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. We work closely with them directly at the ports to stop shipments that are coming into the country before they can make it onto store shelves. 
But yes, if for some reason a consumer is doing you know, direct mail or, or getting that uh, directly, um, it's some, an additional uh, safety precaution you want to take. I was reading that something to the extent of 70% of all toy sales happen annually between Thanksgiving and Christmas each year. And so how does the CPSC keep track of all of this information and all of these sales that go out and, and how do they advise consumers on safety other than you participating in podcasts like this and I'm sure other interviews along, along the way? Yes, it's so important to educate consumers so that they can make the smartest choice for their children. Again, choosing an age-appropriate toy and use that age labeling as a guide. But we also work directly all year long um, to educate manufacturers and industry and work directly with them as well uh, to make sure products are meeting mandatory standards. So the good news are that toy standards are kind of here in the United States are some of the strongest in the world. Um, But again, you want to start with a reputable company that you know and trust when you're making your your toy choice this year. Now, I have to ask you, um, can you tell me about these non-motorized scooters? Because we have one of them in our house and my daughter's always wearing a helmet when she's using her scooter, but I was alarmed to see that 21% of all toy-related emergency department-treated injuries are related to non-motorized scooters. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. So our advice there is that, um, you know, riding toys can be a popular holiday choice anywhere from a scooter to a skateboard to a bicycle even. So we definitely recommend and it's glad to hear you say that your child already has one, but start with that safety gear. Don't just give that riding toy as a gift this year. Make sure you have the safety gear to go along with it. So that would include your helmet, of course. Um, Also, for some of the other items like skateboards, you want the elbow pads and knee pads, wrist guards as well uh, for your child's protection. That's where we're seeing the majority uh, of those injuries. Well, that is good advice. I will keep that in mind um, should one of them ask for a skateboard. I'm sure that's soon to come. (laughs) Now, thinking about cooking and decorating, um, what are some additional safety tips that we should think about around the home? Not Not necessarily as it relates to toys, but as it relates to preparing our homes for the holiday. Yes, we're probably having hosting or maybe even having some family gatherings, uh, you know, that unfortunately COVID is still here, but, you know, we're, we're gathering in smaller, you know, groups as families again. So when you're doing that holiday cooking, never leave cooking food unattended. That's so important. Again, we know the youngster, young kids especially can pull down uh, pots and pans, hot things down onto them. Uh, so that's, that's a tip to keep, keep those. And maybe even, you know, if you're having the family around and, and everyone's occupied with cooking, maybe even keeping the children out of the kitchen uh, while that holiday cooking is going on. And if if you're using a popular item like a turkey fryer, which has become popular with open holidays for holiday meals, make sure you use that according to the manufacturer's instructions. You want to always use that product outside of the home. So that means not in your garage, not on your porch, but actually away and outside of the home. That's so important. So never overfill it with the oil um, and make sure that your turkey has been thoroughly thawed before frying as well. That's on the cooking side. That's good advice. Now, what so about- things that, sorry, Megan, so many things that we have to be thinking about this time of year, right? To keep our families safe. And one of the things also is candles, right? That if we light a candle, we definitely need to be careful to not get distracted and walk away from those either, right? Yes, um, unattended candles can cause dangerous fires. We know that we see about 1100, I believe, annually. Um, So if you're using that candle as decorations this year, you want to make sure that 
candles always in plain sight that you can see that candle at all times. There's no flammable items around that, that candle. Um, so the placement of the candle is so important. And then if you do leave that room, go ahead and blow that candle out before you leave that room, so important. And again, when we're talking about holiday decorating, you're getting into the holiday lights, Christmas trees, um, so things like looking for a nationally certified testing laboratory. Uh, when it comes to holiday lights, look for that label. Um, if you're pulling out your holiday lights from the attic or other storage areas, check it, check, check the, that strand of lights. Make sure there's no broken or frayed wires, broken sockets or bulbs. It may be time to replace those lights. And if you're getting up on that ladder outside to decorate decorate the exterior of your home, take a buddy with you, take a family member, a friend with you while using that ladder. I see lots of injuries um, with holiday decorating that are associated with falls. In fact, the majority are falls. So um, make sure you have that fa uh, family friend uh, with you at all times and never use that top rung of that ladder. So Nikki, if you were to to offer just like the top five things that we should be thinking about heading into the holiday season, what would you say those top five things should be? Yeah, so we'll kind of do it by category. So again, with the toys, it's the age labeling, using that as a guide, choosing age appropriate toys and keeping small parts away from young children. That would be the number one on the toy side decorating. Um, even we didn't talk a lot about Christmas trees, but if you're bringing a, a fresh Christmas tree into the home, you want to check and make sure that tree really is fresh. You know, stamp it on the ground a couple of times. If lots of needles are falling off and it's already dry. You don't want to bring that one into your home um, and keep that tree well watered. It's so important to water your fresh tree daily. Um, and if you're looking at an artificial tree, you can look for the uh, fire resistant label um, on that artificial tree. That would be an option there. And then finally, with the cooking, just never leave unattended cooking, um, unattended food uh, cooking, I should say. Um, we know that cooking fires are the number one cause of residential uh, fires. Now, what about traditions? Let's get a little bit more personal. Do you have any special traditions? I know in my family, my husband's Italian, so we celebrate with the Feast of the Seven Fishes each Christmas Eve. How about you and your family? Do you have any special traditions? Just to eat too much, I would say, <laughs> with my family. We gathered recently for the holidays. Um, my, my mother came down from Pennsylvania, and it was just, we had a smaller, you know, we had the family, the four of us, and then my, my parents and my husband's mother. So we had a small amount of people here, but we ate too much and <laughs> ate too much. So uh, I was trying to keep those tips in mind for myself, uh, even with uh, having older children. Uh, making sure that there were no burns or no fires in my home while we're doing all this holiday cooking. So it's so important to keep in mind. How about you, Karen? Any special traditions for your family? Well, always Christmas Eve with my family. And I think we talked about in another episode where uh, we don't do, we are Italian or half Italian. And so we don't do the Feast of the Seven Fishes, but we do uh, have an Italian meal. Uh, really, which eliminates fish completely. <laughs> Lots of pasta and lasagna and meatballs, garlic bread. We pretty much have the same Christmas Eve dinner every year with my extended family. Sounds so delicious. looking forward to that again, since we haven't had it for the last two years. You both are very fortunate. Uh, my oldest daughter studied abroad in Italy. So I've been there twice now um, when, when she was when she was studying there. And, you know, Italian food is the best. So. 
I'm, I'm a forever fan of Italian food. So that's awesome. You guys have it in your family. <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> um, well, Nikki, anything you would like to share with us that I haven't asked you already? Um, just if, if consumers have a problem with a product or think a product could be potentially dangerous, we want to hear from you. So you can report directly to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. We have a website called saferproducts.gov. You can report directly there uh, to us about a potentially uh, dangerous product in your home. So we definitely want to hear from you. That's great. I do have one last question that I've been asking um, our guests. Do you have one hobby or something that you do that's unique to you that you would like to share? We had a guest on a few weeks ago that talked about um, the fact that he plays the accordion. So that's just an example. Nice. See, unfortunately, I'm not talented as a musician. I've tried to get all of my kids to play the piano and my son ended up playing guitar. So that's how that worked out for me (laughs) Um, because it it runs in my, everyone in my family, except for me, plays the piano. Um, I was going to say, I actually, I'm actually taking up something new. I'm getting my youngest daughter knows how to knit. So she's going to teach me. I said, you know, we spent all this time at home uh, in the last few years um, because of due to COVID. And so I, that's something I actually knew hobby I'd like to start. I'd like to learn. So that's awesome. Wonderful. I'd like to learn how to do that, too. That's so exciting. <laughs> I have a friend who took up crocheting and she's making the most beautiful knitted hats and blankets. And she said it's really easy. She said she just watches videos and that's how she's taught herself. There you go. They probably have the same thing for knitting too. Probably. (laughs) Good idea. Well, thank you, Nikki, for joining us today. It was so nice to have you on with us and to share all of these safety tips with our listeners. As we head into this holiday season, we wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday. And same to you and everyone be safe. Thank you. This is Megan Ferraro and Karen Cohn from the Zach Foundation. And if you would, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We would be so grateful. Thank you. And we look forward to speaking with you again soon.